You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, guys, we are live. We are here with my guy, Lawrence Jackson. Lord, don't lose. Go check him out. He has been uh, changing the game a little bit. Just in the entire content, you know, football content space, fantasy football content space. Uh, he's been doing this thing for several years now. A lot of you guys who have come up with me, you know, over on Instagram know that, you know, Lawrence has been not only, you know, he's also been a part of our community too, right? Like he's always, you know, even in the beginning, like he's been up in my comments and all that kind of stuff. And uh, <laughs> um, it kind of reminds me of that uh, Shug Knight thing. All up in my comments. <laughs> you, if you don't want, if you don't want anyone all up in your comments, come to Upper Hand Fantasy. Right, right. <laughs> but, uh, but Lawrence, you know, you know, he's he's one of the guys that you know uh, has been rocking with me for a long time, and 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 I have with his content and just him as a as a human being and as a person, um, we've gotten you know pretty close over the last couple of years. So uh, this, this has just been a long time coming. You know, we've been trying to figure out you know when we can get on you know each other's shows and all that. Um, he has been a, a regular on on Matthew Berry's uh, latest show. You know, he's you know obviously Matthew Berry made the big move, right? Going from right. ESPN uh, over to what would you call them? Would, would you call it NBC? Yeah, exactly. NBC Sports. Yeah, M- NBC, NBC Sports. Sports right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and they have the you know the the happy hour show that they do every single day, Monday through Friday at noon. Uh, and Lawrence has been making those cameos there. So just seeing from, you know, where he was just a few years ago, man, just, just making a big splash and, you know, on, on camera with Matthew Berry, you know what I'm saying? Which is unbelievable, but listen, I'm not surprised. Okay. I'm not, I'm not surprised at all because, and I think, you know, once you guys hear this podcast, you'll, you'll understand why. So anyway, that's a, that was a long, long intro. Lawrence, (laughs) what's up, man? Not much, man. And I appreciate it. We got to learn to when someone praises us, just say thank you. You know what I'm saying? Instead of being like, oh, no, nah, man, it ain't. No, nah, just say thank you. It's OK, because I feel the same way about you. We kind of, you know, started around the same time and just, you know, uh, you know, we just made it happen. So I'm uh, at the same time while you saying these things about me. I'm proud of you as well, because upper hand fantasy was just, you know, you was just the dude, you know, trying to find his way like we all were. And, and now you got your own thing going too, too. So shout out to you as well. You feel me? Hell yeah, man. I appreciate that. Um, so let's get on with it, man. In this episode, we're going to talk about teams who have improved, you know, as much as they could during this offseason. We want to talk about teams who didn't do so well and, you know, maybe didn't have the, the cap room, maybe didn't have, you know, the type of, uh, movement that they needed in order for them to, you know, move the needle for the 2023 season. Um, so now that the draft is over, we're kind of looking forward. We're looking forward to see, you know, which of these teams we have to pay attention to, which of this, which of these teams, like we might not have much to expect from. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Lawrence and I talked a little bit, you know, behind, before the podcast to see, you know, which teams can we identify um, to that, that fit those categories. But before we do that, let's hit up a, a little bit of news. Okay. Um, Sean Payton, he said that Javante Williams is doing extremely well and they expect him to be ready for the start of training camp. And, and I love the optimism. Okay. Yeah. But I, I would be a little wary 
to get back in on Javante because of a quote like this. Um, yeah, yeah. This is a, a multi-ligament injury, right? Just like what J.K. Dobbins had last year. Not the same exact ligaments, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not a doctor. He did more. He uh, did more than his. Right. So ACL, LCL, uh, Javante tore his PCL as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he tore his meniscus. I, I, I don't. I don't. I'm not sure. He, he did. He did everything that ended in the L. Whatever, <laughs> there you go. anything that CL at the end, he did that, unfortunately. So, you and you remember last year, right? Dobbins didn't really make an impact until later in the season. Right. Even they tried to bring him back, and they had to kind of put him back yeah. in the shelf for it, just it, a few yeah. weeks. For sure. It was tough for J.K. Dobbins, and he even said it himself. Like, he said, I'm playing these games. I'm not 100%, but one day I will be, and I'll get back to full speed. Uh, you know, he had a big run this season, 44 yards. You see, it was a great – the play was blocked up great. He busted through the line, and he got in the open field. And it's a play you knew he could have scored off of while at Ohio State as a rookie in the league. But he was hobbling, but the hole was just so big, he had no choice but to run for 44 yards. But he ended up getting caught, and you could kind of see – you know, him hobbling as he's sprinting at full speed. So, you know, when you're looking at Javante Williams, just keep that in mind uh, about J.K. Dobbins and how he was brought along back. And if I'm not mistaken, when Javante Williams injured himself, uh, I don't know which week, but it was the first week of October. Yeah, it was it was several weeks into the season. Uh, yeah, you know, towards the the beginning part. But I think what you're getting at is that J.K. had his injury early in the off season. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is a right, situation exactly. where, you know, you know, JK is taking, you know, is going to, his injury went into the season, like well into the season, you know, yeah. think about what Javante's, you know, a situation could potentially be despite what Sean Payton's saying. Right. So I'm kind of viewing Javante, how I looked at JK, you know, going into the season last year. Right. And, you know, from a fantasy perspective, like I, regardless of the price, like, you know, I, I might stay away. Right. Um, and, you know, because like, a running back in Sean Payton's offense, like that's you know, that's what you want. Right. For fantasy. Right. That's super intriguing. And especially when you look at someone like who's as talented as Javante. Yeah. Right. You want that. Uh, but I might be staying away. Let me ask you this to speak. Let yeah. me ask you this too. speaking of running backs in the Sean Payton system. Right. Even if Javante Williams was healthy. Right. We've known Sean Payton to use multiple backs. Obviously, he done it with Kamara and Mark Ingram, and even before that with uh, Pierre Thomas and Reggie Bush. Like, this is what he's always done. So what will we be looking at? Like, I got to figure, you know, Samaj P. Ryan, his value now is definitely better than it's ever been as a Cincinnati Bengal. 100%, man. And, you know, I the way I look at it is that multiple running backs can eat for fantasy in this offense, right? And I'm not right. even talking about, like, the Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram year where they were, where were both, like, you know, top five fantasy running backs. Like, that was amazing. That was, like, the, you know, the upper echelon, the epitome of what, you know, running backs could do or running back committee can do in that offense. But right. um, I think multiple running backs can eat. Javante is such a good talent that I think that, you know, let's say he this never happened. Um, in, in terms of the injury, like I think that he even as like the one A in the offense, assuming P Ryan would be a one B here um, and not like a number one and number two. I still think, you know, he has top 12 upside 
you know, as a running back, maybe top eight, uh, just because of the fact that, you know, I think he's going to get, he's going to be involved. He would, he would be involved in the receiving game, right? Sean Payton involves every running back in the receiving game, right? Regardless. Yeah, uh, he going to get right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, regardless of who that running back is. Uh, But Javante, you know, he's solid there. So that's kind of how I look at it. But I agree, man. I think Samadji P. Ryan, definitely somebody, you know, we've seen him fill in multiple times over the past couple of years for Joe Mixon. And yeah, man. He was, he was productive, you know, and if they were willing to take Joe Mixon off the field for Samaje P. Ryan in certain situations up in Cincinnati, Sean Payton handpicked this dude from the free yeah. agency pool, talked about, talked him up a couple times this offseason. He's somebody that, you know, I think you should definitely pick, be picking up later on in drafts, regardless of whether Javante Williams is going to be on the field or not, because I think he'll have value regardless. For sure. I'm, I'm all on board with that. Now, there was an athletic article that came out that points out some specific comments that Ron Rivera, head coach Ron Rivera, said um, about Antonio Gibson. And that is that he could see more touches this year based on the type of offense that Eric Bieniemy likes to run. And if you're not aware, Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator of the Chiefs under Andy Reid, came over, same position with the hopes of potentially usurping Ron Rivera at some point. Maybe. Yeah, you know, definitely. This year. Um, <laughs> Because uh, it, it, it ain't gonna happen with Andy Reid if as long as he got Patrick Mahomes, it ain't gonna. <laughs> and I'm sure there was a conversation, you know, w- between Bieniemy and Reid at some point. Like, yo, listen, man, Andy, like, I'm gonna leave. Like, you know, are you ever gonna retire anytime soon? <laughs> right? Like, and, and Andy was probably like, Nah, man, I don't. Not care. as long as I got 15. <laughs> exactly. So Bieniemy was like, All right, I, I think I got to get up out of here. And, you know, maybe go to a situation where, listen, man, Ron Rivera was on the hot seat to, to begin with, right? And and this could potentially be his last year uh, with, with the commanders. Let, let's see how they do, right? They yeah, could yeah. potentially, you know, do a little bit better this year. But going back to Gibson real quick, you know, and the reason why Rivera was saying that is because he understands the type of offense that Bieniemy is kind of bringing over right. and mentioned him as the more versatile guy. And, like, for me, like, this is – you know, kind of music to my ears because this is kind of how I saw this folding out a little bit. Like if, if you've been following what I've been saying, like in terms of this particular situation, you know, fading Brian Robinson potentially, you know, cause he's the much higher price running back between these two guys in this backfield, which is I just wild look to at, say right now. Oh, yeah, man. But it's just the <laughs> skill set is, I feel like it, it, it has been leaning towards Gibson. And as soon as this hire was made, you know, as soon as he was, uh, the was brought over, um, I just, this is how I saw the situation folding out. So uh, it looks like right now we're already getting some indications of that. Yeah. And, and I feel like, you know, at the same time too, Brian Robinson ain't going to go nowhere, but mm-hmm. like you said, with the enemy in which you saw what he contributed to the chiefs, you see that, uh, that multiple running back usage in there. He's going to get that in a, he's going to get that going with Antonio Gibson, who, like you said, is the most versatile, was a wide receiver at one time in college, got experience in the kick return game. So he'll be able to come out in the backfield and just do more, right? Of what he's done, you know, uh, you know, stay out of the coach's doghouse. And, and I think he'll be all right. Cause I think he got caught up in that a little bit last year too. And then, you know, Brian Robinson coming back out that thing like 50 cent, many men, you feel me? He come back, he starts scoring all the goal line touchdowns. So it's like, we, we, you got to use him. This has got to be the guy you use in fantasy. But hopefully now, at least the touch, as far as in the touches department, we'll see uh, more of that going in Gibson's favor. 
Yeah, I hope so, man. Like, you know, I, I look at him, you know, I, I look at how they use guys like, uh, you know, they signed Jared McKinnon again, right, in Kansas City, right? Like, there's, right. A, there's a few of those guys. And, and J.D. McKissick, right, he's not there anymore. You know, hopefully he's all right because he has a – it seems like a career-threatening injury right now, you know, with that neck injury. So hopefully, you know, he, he'll be all right even if he decides to hang it up. But 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 we'll see what happens with him. Um but yeah, man. Um, you know, I'm I'm curious to see what what this offense is going to look like. I I think that we've seen a lot of versatile running backs in that Andy Reid system, and I think that BNME could potentially make something out of uh, Antonio Gibson. Uh, I thought they might have done something in the draft. They only drafted Chris Rodriguez pretty late. Uh, I saw Chris Rodriguez firsthand at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, and you know, it was it wasn't there wasn't much to talk about there. Let's, let's just say that. Um, Let me ask you this real quick. In sure. Sam Howell, we trust. Listen, I'm I'm a Sam Howell fan, dude. Uh, I think I I think that he could potentially do something here. Like the fact that you know he just didn't have any weapons his last year, you know, senior year. Like he he ended up rushing. What what did he rush for? Like 800 yards or something? Like yeah so yeah he's, yeah. He's, he, he's a he, gamer, yeah he can run. Yeah, he's he, a gamer. He, like he does what he needs to do to win. Like he lost his weapons. He lost he lost his offense. In his last year, man, and the year before that, he was he was gonna be a first round pick, you know. So yeah. I think he could be an exception to the rule in terms of like the type of quarterbacks where they're being drafted, you know, because he was drafted way later than he should have, to be honest with you. I dig that. Let's get into some of these teams, man. Uh, we've identified a few teams, and of course, of course, I got to start with one team, and that's the Jets. Okay, the yes, Jets. Sir. I think I think with both of us would agree. That they have uh, improved, uh, but I'm gonna let you go ahead and take that one away, Lawrence, because I yeah, have spoken yeah, way too much about the Jets this offseason. Yeah. yeah, shout out to your uh, New York Jets, man. And while while this there's a lot of teams that improved offensively right now, the Jets only made one major change, right? But it's at the quarterback position, and it's the biggest jump. Uh, we've seen, uh, you know, this offseason from, you know, switching quarterbacks like the Saints went from Andy Dalton to Derek Carr. That's not a big jump. This is a the Jets making this jump means that there's when they were seven and two and when they were seven and three, having Aaron Rodgers give them a chance to make that playoff push. I know a lot of people don't want the Jets to make the playoffs because they got Aaron Rodgers. But see, folks just got to get out of their feelings about what they feel about him off the field. Right. You know, had a down year uh, last year in Green Bay. He just ran his course there. Now he's got new life in hell. I, he excited about it. You know, he going back to number eight like he was in college. You got Garrett Wilson, who I feel like could be a top 10 receiver uh, in fantasy uh, this season. Hell, you saw what he did with the quarterback carousel already. So getting that stabilization at that position in in the big and with that big gap uh, of talent, you know, uh, is that that's big for me, and it'll be big for the Jets. You got defense on the other side to complement that as well. Let's get Brees Hall back healthy. So, you know, once you get all that going, man, it, it'll be a, a solid offense. And yeah, I mean, I, I like I say, the 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 division is gonna be it's gonna be something. It's gonna Hell be yeah. something. Hell yeah, I can't wait to watch, man. I mean, it's sorry for the here. Patriots. Sorry, Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't in this. You ain't Patriots. Yeah. You ain't in this AFC. You ain't. You ain't in this thing. I'm my bad, Billy. They like to say. They like to say. Oh, you remember how they used to be? Like, you got Bill Belichick week three. Like, yeah. Yep. Who the quarterback is? It Tom Brady? No. 
It ain't not. Who the cornerback? Stephon Gilmore at why he defensive player? No. Nope. So it ain't just, oh, you got to play Belichick. Nah, it ain't like that no more. It ain't like it's that. Not. But yeah, man. Well, you know what? At least the Patriots ha- now have a real offensive coordinator. So maybe we'll actually see a little bit of a real offense, you know, this year. You know, a con- yeah, an offense that can actually put some points on the on the board. But we'll see. There's we'll definitely see be better. <laughs> Oh, what, no, no doubt about it, man. They, they put a defensive coordinator uh, at their OC and made him call plays. So that was that was an interesting move right there. I'm not sure what that was about, uh, especially with a young quarterback. Did not get that at all. Um, but the Jets, man, like, you know, that de- you mentioned the defense. They added Chuck Clark to that defense, got him for, for cheap with, on the Ravens. He's great, a start. Great ad back there. Yeah, man. I mean, they had, they, they had Ashton Davis there, you know, a, a young guy, but like, you know, if you have an opportunity to to you know trade a seventh round pick for a player like Chuck Clark, you have to do that. So I think their defense could take a step forward. Obviously, you know, Quinnen's looking for his deal. Hopefully they give it to him soon. But uh he's gonna, you know, most likely be playing for the Jets this year, regardless. Yeah, it'll it'll um, happen, man. It, this all that's all part of the happen. drama. All it part all of the, the drama. I love it. And I tweeted today, I said, Oh, this is great. Like they're actually part, you know, the, he's at that stage now where he took the Jets off his Twitter profile. That means they're close. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. That means they're close to a deal. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, man, Aaron Rodgers, you know, obviously taking this Jets team to a different level. So now, you know, they added Alan Lazard, right, which is a very solid, you know, wide receiver ad right there. So you got Gary Wilson, Alan Lazard, Corey Davis. They added Nicole Hartman. That doesn't make them worse. That makes, you know, that gives them, you know, a, a, not a huge contributor, but you know, someone who can make splash plays here and there. That's what you need. A lot of I times, like right? them keeping Corey Davis too, because they really don't have, it's not going to kill them in the cap. Like well, as far as mm-hmm. cap penalties go. Right. But I like keeping him. He just had problems with injuries. Like he started off the first four weeks mm-hmm. of 2022 as their top receiver, whether it was fantasy football, whatever he was putting up the numbers for that first month of the season. Then he got hurt. I guess it gave time, you know, it gave time for Garrett Wilson to emerge, but he would, you know, Corey, uh, Corey Davis was in and out of the lineup. So if you could keep him healthy, he definitely like he in the rotation. Cause they ain't just going to keep him by mistake. You feel me? And he's going to have some surprise fantasy games too, man. Like don't count him out. You can remember his quarterback is Aaron Rodgers now. Okay. So like, yeah. don't count him out at all. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, you know, now, you know, the fact that they, they got rid of, Elijah Moore, you know, I feel like once they did that, they traded him to Cleveland. I feel like at that point, you, you got to keep, you know, Davis. Otherwise, that that depth, you know, becomes really thin. Um, they added Izzy Panikanda to, like, you know, back up, you know, Breeze Hall a little bit because he's coming off that ACL injury. But now they got Michael Carter. They got Izzy. They got Zonovan Knight. So they have a good running back room there, too. So the Jets are going to make some, make some noise, man. They really are. Now, yeah. I, I want to move to the Ravens real quick. You know, I, I think – there are multiple reasons why this Ravens team, and I agree with you. I, I don't know about a, from a personnel point of view in terms of like additions, but just I think overall there are multiple reasons to think that this Ravens team overall is going to be better next season, especially yeah. their offense, in my opinion. But I want to hear more for, for you know for what you had to say. What what's the real biggest reason why the Ravens are going to be better next year? Well, they're going to have a different offense that's going to open this gun. That's going to be a lot more open. Uh, Todd Munkin is who I'm talking about. The Ravens new offensive coordinator. He said it himself. He said, hey, this is a new day. This is a new game. You got to spread them out. That's exactly what he did at UGA that allowed uh, Stetson Bennett to go off. You know what I'm saying? So now it's like. Not, so it's not strictly because you bring in Odell, right? That helps, though. 
a great deal because it's not like we like Lamar has the best group of receivers he's ever had in his life. And we could date back to yep. Louisville. You feel me? Zay Flowers grabbing him in the first round. Now, I know, you know, they've drafted Hollywood Brown and he hasn't become a top five receiver. They've drafted Rashad Bateman in the first round. He's battled the injuries. Uh, Zay Flowers, though, uh, coming here out of college, at least to me, was it was a better prospect than those two guys and no disrespect to them. But uh, Zay Flowers is going to have an immediate impact. So when you put him with Rashad Bateman and with Odell Beckham, them as themselves, you're not going to say, you know what I'm saying, top 10 receiver for any of them. But as a collective group to put with Mark Andrews and even Isaiah Likely, that's a that's a great stable of uh, wide receiver. Like we could be talking about, you know, this receiving group as one of the better groups by the middle of the season. You know, they're not going to pass groups like the Bengals or the Dolphins or nothing like that. But you get them with, and people say because obviously I have, you know, me, I got Lamar as my MVP pick, and people are saying to me like, "Well, why would you say that? He hasn't done that since 2019." Well, I, well, I'm going to say, because if he did it with uh, Willie Sneed, then why not, you know, feel like he could do it with Odell Beckham and Rashad Bateman? So so all of that coupled with the fact that, you know, you got a new offensive coordinator with a completely different game plan than uh, which Greg Roman had. They had a lot of trouble in the red zone. It's like they didn't know what to do when they got yep. in the red zone. As you know, the the field is a lot more confined there, and they just they could go in between the twenties, but once they get there, it's like they just shit the bed, you know. But you know, now you open up the offense, make them make the defense think a little bit. Don't run your fullbacks on wheel routes. Stop lining the fullback up in the slot on third and long, and, and you it's gonna be fine. I think Greg Roman was running the type of offense that was perfect for Lamar to get acclimated to the NFL, and he's done his job, right? And now Munkin comes in to take Lamar to the next level. I think Lamar is going to set yeah. a career high easily in pass yards. Obviously, he led the NFL in passing touchdowns a few years ago. Um, yeah. But regardless, I think that pass yards is going to go way up uh, because of Munkin's system. He's a pass-heavy guy. He, you're going to see Lamar drop back more He's going to pass the ball more, obviously, but we might might see some more extra scrambles uh, and less quarterback design runs. Those design runs are going to be there for sure because you have to use that with that's Lamar. Yeah, I mean, you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't. Of course, yeah. So, but dropbacks go dropbacks go up, scrambles can go up because of it. If Lamar decides to tuck it and run, you mentioned the wide receiver core. Combine that with the tight ends, including likely. Glad you mentioned him because he's somebody that you know they're gonna they're gonna be lining up in the slot for right, sure. Really and and, and again with Todd Munkin, we just saw him use two tight ends, Brock Bowers and mm-hmm. Darnell Washington at UGA. So like it's in the you know that's not even, it's bigger than the realm of possibility. It's gonna happen. Isaiah likely is a talented receiver from the tight end position. Man, it, it's gonna be fun to watch. Man, you know. Keep keep number eight healthy, man. It's gonna be something good. One interesting thing too that you know, one reason this is not a, a necessarily an ad, but they basically they're not getting new running backs, but they basically are, right? Like J.K. Dobbins and Gus <laughs> Edwards, neither were themselves last year. Obviously, they're right. both coming off an ACL, and you know, J.K. Dobbins is someone that I'm watching, man. I understand that you know, uh, 
we're we're getting like I, I understand that Munkin is a pass heavy guy. However, this guy has never been able to get over 15 carries in in one game. He got it one time in his entire career. J.K. Mm-hmm. Dobbins, and that that was mm-hmm. this uh, week 17 of this past season. So right. that includes you know that that amazing run that he had during his rookie year. He yeah. just was he just scored like a bunch of touchdowns, but he never you know him and Gus Edwards were kind of neck and neck in terms of attempts. So yeah. now I feel like you know going into next season with J.K. Dobbins fully healthy, Gus Edwards a little bit older. I think this backfield starts to lean in Dobbins' favor a little bit. Um, and if this offense itself is going to take a step forward, we could see Lamar. Listen, I, I don't buy the narrative that like rushing quarterbacks, you know, can never check it down to their running back. If their running back is involved, I don't buy that narrative either. If the if the if the running back is involved in the game plan, if it's scripted in, if they if they want to target their running backs, they will. Okay. We we've seen That's it simple. before. <laughs> you know, so like JK Dobbins, um, you know, could see some more receiving ch- uh he could see some more work in the receiving game. Like, obviously, he's not Kenny McIntosh, right? He's not, um, my God, what's what's um, he's not James Cook, right, at Georgia. But he, I think, he has enough in him to potentially gobble up. Yeah, some receptions. and J.K. So Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins, been lobbying to be the guy too. He's been vocal about that. Like, hey, you know, if you would have just let me get going. We could have did. We could have did some. You keep taking me out of the game, so you know. I think he'd be ready to go. I'm I'm so targeting right. him in fantasy for sure, and in that offense, Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah! All right, let's yeah. move on to the Lions, man. Uh, obviously, another pair of running backs added there, right? Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. Uh, this is going to be a more dynamic backfield. Okay, yeah. I think you know Montgomery. I think is a step up, step up from. Jamal Williams, and then we'll see with Jameer Gibbs, man. I think, you know, he could potentially do what DeAndre Swift was doing and, and maybe even more. Uh, yeah. But I'm interested I'm interested to see, to hear what you have to say about the Lions just overall going into next year. A team that could potentially make a serious run. Well, you see, you know, they put them as the opening game of against the Chiefs, so mm-hmm. the league is feeling like something, man. And, and, and with great reason, you know, they, uh, they finished with the winning record beating the Packers. Uh, last year in the final game that narrowly missed the playoffs. Um, so, you know, I feel like this team improved a lot now. Someone might feel differently depending on, you know, how they feel about the combination of Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. Do they feel like that duo is better than Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery? I do not. I don't even, you know, really think it's close to considering the fact that Dan Campbell, the head coach, I saw this somewhere earlier uh, on on uh, social media. They brought it up how Dan Campbell wasn't the guy there who drafted DeAndre Swift. So once they drafted Jameer Gibbs, they Jameer Gibbs at twelve, like that f- fantasy people. A lot of people was pissed off about that pick, Jameer Gibbs. Them taking the them taking Gibbs at number twelve is serious business, folks. Like. We we all feel like Bijan Robinson could be a top five fantasy running back, right? All right, so Jameer Gibbs, why can't he be a top ten fantasy running back? Like I have him as my running back seven in fantasy. Jameer Gibbs, knowing he's gonna split touches with David Montgomery, that's okay. Despite what DeAndre Swift went through last year, including missing three games, being in and out the lineup, 
he still had 931 yards from scrimmage. This is DeAndre Swift we're talking about. So imagine what a guy like Jameer Gibbs is going to bring to that offense. He had, you know, 45 catches as a junior at Alabama. That's elite uh, receiving production from the running back position as a collegiate athlete, right? Uh, elsewhere on offense, you bring in Sam Laporta as the kind, the move tight end, the H-back type of player who's more agile, not, you know, not the biggest guy out there, but they took him in the second round, um, right? I know him and Michael Mayer got picked back-to-back. Can't yep. remember which one went first, but yeah, the Laporta went him. right. Uh, Laporta went one pick before Mayer. One pick Raiders. before Michael Mayer, right, right. So you mentioned a little bit a while ago how they're going to be a more dynamic offense. Bringing in Sam Laporta is going to help them do it. Do that. Bringing in Jameer Gibbs is going to help them do that. There, those are two dynamic players at their respective positions, and then you know David Montgomery, he'll be there. You know, just to, you know, anger all the people who draft Jameer Gibbs when we know Jameer Gibbs is that dude. Yeah, I think it's going to be a similar situation in terms of like the goal line stuff. I think, you know, yeah. Jamal Williams, you know, definitely lucked into a lot of goal line opportunity. You know, I'm a Ross St. Brown falling down the one yard line was seen like 10 times this past season. Um, yeah. But, you know, David Montgomery, he's the bigger back, man. Like Jameer Gibbs, you know, 199, he's not going to get goal line duties, but he's going to be used around the goal line, right? Like if they're at like the six yard line, it it doesn't necessarily mean that Dave Montgomery is going to be on the field because, you know, he could be on the field. You could have both these guys on the field at the same time. Gamir, Jameer Gibbs could be coming out the slot, right? He could be coming out the backfield, right? In the receiving game, there's a lot of ways that he could score points. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's extremely efficient, even, you know, to start his career. Um, one guy, you know, I, I keep talking about these guys that, that are, that were hurt coming back, man, Jameson Williams, right. He's going to be back too, man. Like, you know, a little suspension yeah. to start the year. Um, uh, but he's going to be back for that stretch run, man. That's huge. Like, yeah. yeah. Just, just remember what type of prospect Jamison Williams was coming in last year, man. Okay, this guy was picked super early in the first round. You know, he was, you know, in that conversation with guys like Gary Wilson and Chris Olave and Drake London. Okay? Yeah, yeah. those are the top four guys. Okay, and and so we got to keep that in mind. You know, when when looking at this offense, not only is going to be going to be able to stretch the field for guys like Amara St. Brown, Sam Laporta when he gets an opportunity, uh, you know, he's going to be targeted too. Okay, and he's and him a year removed from the ACL, you know they they gave him the red shirt year pretty much like he kind of came in here and there later on in the year, but you know didn't really matter much. Um, just I think he had like one target. <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, or, or and, one catch or something like that. Like I think it was a, it was it was a touchdown, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, he had the long, right? he had so, the deep touchdown. It'll be interesting, and I won't talk much about this dude because he was a seventh round pick. But with Jamison Williams being that having that six game suspension and they're not being a, you know, solidified number two receiver behind Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, you got Marvin Jones, you got um, Khalif Raymond, uh, Quintez Cephas out here, but uh, Antoine Green out of North Carolina, uh, seventh round pick. He's a receiver. Let's see if he could get in camp, get some reps and impress and potentially get in a rotation, especially while Jamison Williams is uh, while he's on the uh, pine. Very interesting, man. And you know, and you know what? Detroit also added a little bit to their defense too. They got Cam Sutton on the outside. Yes, sir. They added him. Uh, CJ Gardner Johnson. They also drafted mm-hmm. another 
uh, DB in Brian Branch in the second round. So yeah. um, along along with Jack Campbell, you know, these are all guys who are probably going to be starting for them. Yeah, right? like Brian Branch starter. Jack Campbell yeah, I, starter. I'm not sure if Laporta is going to be starting. Like I see him as a situational player, especially to start the year, uh, start his career. Uh, I don't know exactly where he'll like fit, yeah. you know, in in their normal rotation. But he, he's going to see the field for sure. Like um, you, you might call him a starter. He's not going to officially start. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you know the the big personnel. He he ain't going to do that right. out out the exactly. gate. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, six three two forty five. Oh, no, he, I think he's even less than that, if I'm not mistaken. No, but, he, yeah, he, no, he, he about, yeah, he's 6'3", 245. Yeah, something like that, right? Yeah, okay. That's yeah, yeah. All right. Let's move to a – actually, were there a couple of teams? Oh, yeah, I wanted to hit on real quick, and we don't have to spend too much time on it, but the Bears and the Falcons were two other teams that I wanted to talk about real quick uh, as, as two teams that have improved this offseason. Obviously, getting DJ Moore and getting Justin Fields, that, like, legit number one wide receiver was huge, right? So they're going to have, you know, DJ Moore. They're going to have Chase Claypool. They have Darnell Mooney. Um, so this is going to be an interesting wide receiver trio. I think this is, a, you know, a very solid trio. I would yeah. say, you know, I'm not the biggest Claypool fan, but like him as like a number one, number three wide receiver, I think he would, if I had to choose where he would line up, it would probably be slot. like as a big, as a big slot. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind, that's what I like as well. Um, So th- that's really good for Justin Fields in this game. The offensive line, man, low key improved this offseason as well. They, they got Darnell right, obviously, in the first yep. round. Um, Nate Davis also joining, you know, out of Tennessee. He's a guard that could fill that interior line. So that was one of the concerns that the, Bear, the Bears had, and they filled in a couple holes there. So offensive line, solid. I think their their backfield, I think, remains solid, even after yeah. losing David Montgomery. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. This is good. Probably you know even got, better. Yeah, they got Roshan and they also um, they got Deontay Foreman, right? So yeah. it's like, you know, and they already obviously had Khalil Herbert. So you know, this is a solid rotation, I would say. I don't know if all, I, I don't know if Deontay Foreman, you know, I think he would be the third guy out of all these guys. We'll see how Roshan does. I, I'm a fan of his. We'll see, but it's going to be interesting. You know, you, you have anything else to say about the Bears at all? No, nah, just like you know, good, good offense, good offense. It'll be uh, from a football standpoint. It'll be tough to get into those running backs as far as fantasy goes, because uh, mm-hmm. you just never know when the rookie get his true shot in speed. I mean, Foreman coming off a career high year, over nine hundred rushing yards. Like he did work on a bad Panthers team with sure. with some bad quarterback play. Uh, well, not you know, just inconsistent quarterback play. I hate calling mm-hmm. players bad, but. Um, yeah, so I mean, he gonna he gonna he gonna battle. They gonna battle it out. But overall, this is all just all put together to be something great to help Justin Fields and help him take that next jump, especially yeah. in the passing game. You you mentioned the Panthers, like the offensive line played really well last year, man. Um, you know, especially in the run game. You know, I think that's something to look out for with Miles Sanders because they have all those guys returning this year. Um, so that'll be interesting to see, you know, how Miles Sanders can take advantage of that situation, um, yeah, yeah. even though the offense, you know, might not be as good. Um, also, the Falcons, man, low key. You know, <laughs> you know, Desmond Ritter, like we'll see what he ends up being, but they have a little insurance policy in Taylor Heineke just in case, you know. Uh, so <laughs> I don't think we'll and, see him like that. We'll see, man. Like, you know, I think oh. it really depends, man. I think. If Ritter can obviously this is going to be a run first offense, right? Obviously, like yeah. they, they drafted Bijan super early. 
and it's like, all right, this is what we're going to do. He's, he, I think he's going to get the Derrick Henry treatment, right? Like, you know, we've seen this coach use like that, a player like getting 30 carries a game, you know, that, that, sort of thing. that I don't know for us that I don't know just because of, uh, you know, but, but it's like, what can I, I, I don't, I don't trust Arthur Miff. Nothing he say he could very, maybe he's saying Bijan. Well, you know, he's more than a running back. Well, yeah, we know he That's has true. more. We, we know he has more of those skills, but maybe he's saying that to throw us off and maybe he will get Derrick Henry in this offense. You know, I, I think, I think, I think I, he's too good to just be used like that. I, I agree. I agree. And, and that's kind of what I'm like in terms of like this offense is going to be Bijan focused. Like, I don't think he's going to necessarily get like 30 carries a game. Right. Uh, I, I understand what you're saying there. But, you know, being used in the passing game. Right. Like I can see 30 touches. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I could totally yeah, he'll see have some games, you know? especially if if he's going and he the one who wearing the defense down. Uh yeah, why not, man? The, the the I would I I don't want that to happen though because you have somebody like Tyler Algier there, right? Who is a good running back. Um, and I would I would have loved I would love to see even though I'm a fantasy guy or whatever, and like I want to see like the, as many touches as I can from the, from an RB one. At the same time, it's like that's not necessary in my opinion. You know, it's like if What's you keep Bijan, I don't think it's necessary to give Bijan like. 80% of the touches because you have somebody no, it's like not. Algier. I don't think that'll happen. Who, yeah. I don't think, I don't think Algier, I think Algier is good enough where, yeah. you know, he could potentially be a one B. I just don't know if it's going to happen because of the fact that they drafted him so high that That's like, all right, well right. now, now we're going to, we're going to use the dude because it, otherwise it might not justify us drafting a running back at eight. Yeah. Well, you figure, you know, Jameer Gibbs went at 12 they not about to run him into the ground. That's um, for sure. It, you know, so I, you know, I don't know if I call it a one A one B, but it'll be like a, a one in a really nice two. Right. <laughs> you two. know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, uh, the Falcons. You know, they also added Jesse Bates at safety. You know, I think they're they have a lot of young talent, right? Obviously, Kyle Pitts, Drake London getting better. Um, so we'll see, man. Desmond Ritter. You know, he's going to have a little bit of, of an opportunity. He doesn't have to do much, I think. I think he just got to kind of keep the offense moving, right? Uh, that, like, you know, game manager type of type of player. That's what he, his expectations would be, at least. And if he, if he can't even do that, then I could see a situation where Heineke does end up coming in, especially if the Falcons have, have opportunities to, to win games. I think they will, man. I really do, because their offensive line is also really good. You know, uh, and, and, and I feel like if we see Taylor Heineke, if we see Taylor Heineke, the Falcons is in trouble. I feel mm. like the Falcons will be in trouble if we see Taylor Heineke. Um, Arthur Smith had uh, some success going to the ASC championship with, with his run formula, with uh, with Derrick Henry having Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. I'll say this I think that at some point, we're gonna be putting Desmond Ritter in some fantasy lineups. We're gonna be putting Desmond because he because remember he got the Russian he got the Russian element to his game too as well. Got a speed, little bit of it. run a four or five, right? And then mm-hmm. it's just like you, you have all of these nice young weapons around Bijan, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. It was like last year when everyone was talking about like Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, they could both do all this. Well, who gonna throw him the ball? 
Mm-hmm. We'll throw the ball. Start the guy who's throwing him the ball, too. So I think we might see some Desmond Ritter fantasy talk, uh, you know, at some point here soon. I, I like that. I mean, you know, at the end of the year, we did see, you know, a little bit of something uh, in Ritter. And when he was coming out, you know, like he he was like I would probably have co- I think I coined him the most pro ready uh, NFL quarterback in last year's class, even though last year's class wasn't amazing. But still, uh, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see, you know, what, what happens this year. Now, let's talk about a few teams who, you know, didn't improve much, the least improved teams. Uh, one of the teams that, that you brought up, man, was the Rams, right? Yeah. One of the probably one of the worst rosters in football yeah. at this point. Obviously, they went all in on that Super Bowl run. They get they ended up cashing they got it. They got it. You know, one way or another, they got it. Um, uh, but tell me a little bit more, man. Like, why are the Rams just not it in twenty? Well, they're they're doing a lot of subtracting, but not adding. I mean, look at the they didn't even have a backup quarterback on the roster, so they had to draft Stetson Bennett in the fourth round. So like, ooh, woo, now you got a backup quarterback in case your starting quarterback who, uh, duh, wasn't healthy, right, you know, can't play. But, um, you know, the good thing is it's all the way up for Cooper Cup. It's all the way up for Cam Akers. Like, it, if we didn't think Cooper Cup was getting fed targets already, like, this year about to be crazy. We just got to, you know, we got to watch the hell. We can't give it to him too many times because we don't want to risk the health again. But, you know, that's right. why we got Cam Akers in the backfield who I was coming into this draft, you know, really focused on seeing what the Rams did as far as the running back position goes because this is the most picks they've had in any draft, I think, since Sean McVay um, been the coach. Don't quote right. me on that, but they usually don't like draft picks. Agreed. This draft they did, they didn't d- decide to draft the running back until uh, the sixth round. And, uh, you know, he- he'll compete to be on the roster. But to me, man, it looked like it's, you know, Cam Akers, Cooper Cup, or Bus. Pretty much, man. Um, it's funny because <laughs> all their draft kicks, are, all their draft picks, all the, all the guys they drafted are probably starting for them. Yeah, and they went. They 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 prioritized the offensive line too. They they took they took the guard in the second round there. So even more, you know, I get you know help for Cam Akers, but whatever. But you know, it's gonna be a rough one for him. It is, man. They lost Jalen Ramsey. They lost Bobby Wagner. No Leonard Floyd. You know, it's you know a lot of their veteran presence is gone. The offensive line, man. Like, you know, I'm hoping these rookies can come in and do something because it's not pretty. It's not pretty yeah, no. at all. Uh, so Matt Stafford, you know, hopefully, he, you know, the the word is that, you know, he can, he he can come into twenty twenty three pretty healthy, but this offensive line needs to hold up in order for him to hold up. So you know, we'll we'll see what happens there. But like you mentioned, man, Cooper Cup, you know, he you know he's he's going to be that dude, top probably three fantasy wide receiver this year, you know, along with Jefferson, along with Chase, um, Puka Nakua, somebody who they drafted. Late, uh, you know, as I'm, uh, a fa- I'm a fan. I'm a fan of his. Like he could probably fill into that. I think so, man. I think so. <laughs> so I'm gonna pay attention to because he was one of my favorite receivers to watch at the Senior Bowl, um, and you know one of the one of the the better wide receivers who just couldn't stay on the field, you know, at BYU. So uh, he's someone to keep an eye on. I want to move to the Chargers, man. You mentioned them as being a team, you know, that didn't improve much. You know, they obviously drafted Quentin Johnston in the first round. Not, not he was he wasn't my favorite wide receiver who was available at that point when they did take him, um, but 
you know, I, I think that this for him is great because he landed with Justin Herbert and could potentially have a little bit of a career there with Justin Herbert. Uh, but overall, what are your overall thoughts about the Chargers offseason and what, what it's looking like going into next year? Yeah, well, I mean, they're playing what, what they wanted to do, and which is why they brought in Kellen Moore. They want to push the ball downfield more. Um, they didn't do that a lot. And what's the point of having a quarterback with that arm like that if you're just going to throw it to Austin Eckler 140 times in the season? Oh, right. speaking of Austin Eckler, he's pissed off at the team. So it's not like they, you know, there's there's some bad blood there. You bring up uh, Quentin Johnston, you know, was wasn't one of my top three receivers either coming out of this uh out of this draft class. So it, you still got now Keenan Allen gonna do his thing. He always do when he's playing on the field. He's going to ball that. And there's been a lot of talk of him this off season. Um, you know, potentially getting traded or released or whatever. I'm like, why would you take away you the best thing Justin Herbert got? Like he's always open. Mike Williams is he's solid. You know, he'll get you 50 50 balls. He's hurt a lot too, but he ain't no Keenan Allen. I don't care right. what you say, but you know, um, so if you're, I, I guess, Quentin Johnson, you know, if you're banking on these two dudes getting hurt, then yeah, somebody got to play, but they didn't improve much because you're not put like it's Quentin Johnson starting there week one. When you got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, nah, he ain't. Will he get in some, you know, three, four, five wide receiver sets? Well, that's you better hope so uh, since you drafted him there. I don't think they expect him to contribute in a major way off the rip. So he can't really say they had much improvements, but maybe that Johnston pick was, like you said, more so to try to maybe build him up uh, through the coming years with Justin Herbert. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of pressure on Kellen Moore, right, to kind of like come in and, and switch this offense up a little bit. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm very interested in that. Like, I think Quentin, you know, he does complement the receivers just a little bit in terms of like his after the catch ability. So I get that. That's not something that they really had on that offense. Um, and, you know, he's a little bit of a bigger body, too, but doesn't really play like a big receiver. I'm 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 very interested to see if they do end up taking a step forward with more. You know, it's part of the reason. You know, I, this is my like I'm putting my tin hat on here, and this is like part of the reason why I think Eckler, you know, wants to potentially move to another team. You know, it's about the money. Obviously, he wants to get paid. I think that's first and foremost. But second of all, like I don't know what his role is going to look like on this team. Uh, you know, even obviously you want to use him because he's a very good player, but I don't think it's going to be a situation where he's just getting like, you know, 10 targets, you know, in a game. Like, I, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. And also the goal line. They might not start soon, out like that. Who knows what the goal line opportunity is going to look like? Cause that only mm -hmm. happened over the last two years with their last OC coming over from new Orleans. So are you done? Are you done with Isaiah Spiller? I ain't. man, like he just didn't show anything last year, man. Like he, yeah. he, he didn't, there were multiple running backs who had who had who won the job over him? That's the problem, right? If he yeah. showed that he could be the number two behind Eckler, yeah, I, I would be. I, I would be like, all right, cool. Let's see what he got. But the fact that he couldn't beat out, you know, a couple of running backs, like he was like the fifth string running back throughout this season. It was just even later on in the year when he saw the field, he ended up, you know, reverting back to you know being that like the RB four in the depth chart, which is not a great sign, you know, in my opinion. So I dig it. 
moving on to the Titans, man, it's the same old shit with them, dude. Like, where are the wide receivers at? Right? Like, they're going to roll with Traylon Burks, right? Who else behind them, man? They got nobody. Nick Westbrook, yeah. Akina, Kyle Westbrook, Phillips. Kina, Kyle Phillips. You know? um, who else, man? I mean, they got Sean Murphy bunting. They got Arden Key. They got Andre Dillard. But, like, you know, like, these are it, – it's almost like, you know, they're trying to, like, be the Eagles – but without as good of a solid base of a roster. And you know if they try like, if they trying to be the Eagles, man, they could have fooled my ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm saying by that, what I mean by that is like they they're adding like these um these like high risk, well, like low risk, high reward guys, kind of like in terms of like, you know, if they if they pan out, great. If they don't, sure. But the Eagles right. are a team that can afford that, right? Like this type of team needs building blocks. And I feel like they're not they're not admitting to themselves that that's who, what where they're at in their process yeah i mean sense? they just resigned they best defensive player jeffrey wilson you know but it's but you know when we're talking about the offense i can't really look on the depth chart and be like <laughs> you you improved on the offensive line definitely you know uh you took will levis who he'll be backing up ryan Tannehill this year like you said, they added no receivers, you know, uh, that, that'll start for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I actually wrote an article after the draft saying Traylon Burks, oh, stock up. It's just that simple. It doesn't mean Traylon Burks is uh, a top 15 uh, fantasy receiver. We're going to see Derrick Henry go for another 300 carries or whatnot, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like – where, where they got better they got worse they got rid of aj brown that's getting worse you yep. know what i'm saying if in, unless Traylon burst could be that this year go and get you 1100 yards which Oof. it shouldn't be hard it, even know. in the running offense right mm-hmm. when you're the because aj brown did it aj brown AJ, was going AJ. for it AJ Brown's AJ Brown, my guy. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's why they got worse. That's why they got worse. <laughs> I don't know. Traylon Burks, like you know, he he had some flash plays and all that, but man, like I don't know, man. It's it's hard to see it. Like I, you know, after watching you know Traylon Burks last year, like I get it. They're, they're, I get you know the intrigue, but man, like they got to use him in particular ways in order to get get the most out of him. But because, like, getting rid of A.J. Brown and just drafting him with that draft pick that you got for him, man, yeah, that's, you that's a rough come one in ASAP and be the dog, and it just wasn't yep. like that. So, yeah, uh, good good luck, the Titans, when the Colts <laughs> is running all over you. Exactly, man. Exactly, man. A couple more teams before we close it out. And, by the way, guys, follow Lawrence at Lord Don't Lose on Twitter. Uh, I think he's also Lord Don't Lose on Instagram, if not. Yeah, everything. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Everything. Uh, Lord Don't Lose. Good, 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 good content, dude. It's 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 informational. It could be funny at times. It's definitely entertaining. That's for sure. (laughs) You got to go check him out, man. Um, And you know what? What what, one of the one of my favorite things about Lawrence is that uh, he he goes against the grain when he truly believes that to be the case. Okay, he doesn't yeah. just follow everybody that's just, you know, on one narrative. You know, he'll come at you with some different angles to make you think about stuff. And that that's that's what you want. Those are the type of people that you want to follow. Okay. Anyway, 
a couple other least improved teams, Packers. Okay. <laughs> I think that's an obvious one. Just like how the yeah. Jets, uh, you know, gained Aaron Rodgers and, and they became really good. They lost Aaron Rodgers. So they're going to have to find a new identity, right? We'll see what Jordan Love ends up becoming. Yeah. We just have no idea at this point, yeah. right? We only saw him yeah. in a very small sample size. Um, and, and I'm wishing I'm wishing luck for the dude because he did not have the, you know, the best circumstances coming into the NFL. But right. you never know, man. Played well last year, though. Played yeah. well when he was in. Yeah. When he was in small sample size, but he 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 did look and you know uh, the thing that stood out to me was that he looked comfortable. Yeah, like he didn't look antsy. He didn't look right, antsy at right. all. Right, one hundred percent. And you know, behind Rogers, maybe hey, maybe it was a good thing, man. If he, if his career ends up do if he ends up doing his thing in his career, that means that yeah, it was a good thing. Right? So hey, Aaron uh, Rodgers had to sit for several years as well. Yep. <laughs> there you go. It's a Packer thing. Uh, you know, they added J- Jaden Reed, so that was good. I think their wide receiver core, you know, got a little bit better uh, in this yeah. draft. Uh, I really like Jaden Reed a lot, so him and Watson, I think, will make a really, really nice one, too. Um, and they drafted Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft. I-, I-, I don't know how much that moves the needle for me, to be honest with you. Um, you know, Luke Musgrave, not a big production. You know, he hasn't had a lot of production in college, but he has the size, he has the speed, and we'll see if he ends up doing much. Um, but overall, like even their defense, like just the overall, this team, you know, didn't really make you know enough moves for me to think that they can even come close to to compensating for the loss of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, and we got the Cardinals, man. Like they're going to be bad next year <laughs> without Kyler Murray. You know, new front office, new GM, new head coach. Like everything is new uh, at this point. New coaching staff as well. So like it's going to be interesting to see if they end up getting the chance to draft that quarterback early. Uh, you know, they have Kyler Murray already, but man, like they're going to have some options next year. And I can't wait for all the offseason to talk about it. Right? Like, are they going to end up? So Kyler Murray ends up might end up getting. Uh, what's his name? Who's the dude that that they the the Cardinals? Josh Rosen. Had? Josh Rosen, right? Yeah, I'm hoping yeah. that Kyler Murray don't, don't get Josh Rosen, but like at the same time, the difference being that Kyler Murray is actually a damn good quarterback. So so we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, you know when when they're presented with this situation, if they do end up losing enough games, and they're in a position to have the number one overall pick next year, maybe Caleb Williams will be there for the taking. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, they didn't they didn't end up losing DeAndre Hawkins. Still got Hollywood Brown. All ain't bad, but it just uh it ain't great either, you know. So, you know, we'll we'll see. They went uh offensive line there in the uh first round to protect, you know, the quarterback that you got hurt. So, yeah, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a struggle. I think we, you know, see them as the third best team in that division right now well them battling with the rams or whatever so uh yeah yeah we'll see you know whenever kyler could get back and uh yeah yeah, but you know if he don't they got old trusty colt mccoy in there baby that's it man colt boy is gonna be their quarterback uh potentially for the whole year uh it could happen you know if they lose enough games uh i don't think there's any reason to 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 rush kyler murray back at all right they might end up just like saying like hey man just let's just wait till next year. Right. Very possible. And we'll see. But anyway, guys, appreciate you. Uh, make sure to, you know, I think if I'm not mistaken, you, you got all you guys are underdog right now. The puppy draft, the puppy tournament. I think it's closing up. It's like 99% full. So if you listen to this before that happens, go check that out. Um, because if you use the code upper hand, you will receive a 100% match deposit on that up to $100. Go check out underdog fantasy. 
and that's gonna do it, man. Lawrence, appreciate you, man. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Uh, we got to do this more often. You know, hopefully throughout the off season we can do something. Um, so yeah, and for those who, who who might not put two and two together, if you're watching my IG lives during the season, uh, we did some IG lives on Sunday yeah. mornings, which we're answering some start sick questions. So I uh, appreciate you, Lawrence, man. Thanks for yeah, coming man. on. Thanks for having me, man. Hell yeah, man. All right, guys. Uh, at Lord Don't Lose on all platforms. Go check them out. Twitter's probably the best spot. Take it easy, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Later.